Hello and welcome to This Is Your FBI from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. The Equitable Life Assurance Society presents This Is Your FBI. This Is Your FBI, the official broadcast adapted from the files of the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Presented transcribed as a public service by the Equitable Life Assurance Society of the United States and the Equitable Society representative in your community. Right now, in the offices of many representatives of the Equitable Life Assurance Society, lights are still burning. For until a moment ago, equitable men have been making phone calls, contacting men and women who look as if they are apt to be far more successful than the average person. Make a point to listen to the middle commercial on This Is Your FBI Tonight, Equitable Men Earth. It tells about the Equitable Society's plan for men and women on the way up. In about 14 minutes, you'll hear full details on this special plan for every man who believes in himself, believes he will succeed. Tonight's FBI file, The Fiery Fugitive. Recently, a tornado tore through some of our southern states, tore through villages and cities that lay in its path, and caused the death of approximately 50 people. Newspapers in every section of the country featured stories about the tornado on their front pages, and almost every headline gave the latest count on the number whose lives had been snuffed out. The Federal Bureau of Investigation does not take issue with the fact that the news made headlines. For it is well aware that the loss of those 50 people has greatly affected several communities. However, few headlines emblazon the fact that almost that many lives are lost in the United States every day of every week at the hands of American criminals. According to the latest figures, there were almost a thousand murders committed in this country every month during the past year. Nor have these last 12 months been a period when killers went wild. For each year, the number of deaths resulting from criminal action seems to hold at a rather steady level, at a disgracefully high level. Your FBI brings this to your attention because there is something you, the decent citizen, can do about the situation. Put more uniformed policemen on the streets of your city. Pay them a living wage, and the number of crimes will be materially fewer. Fail to do that, and they may increase. And if that happens, you can be sure of only one thing. No one can tell how far the crime wave will go, or where it will stop. Tonight's file opens aboard a freight train that's slowly climbing the mountain grade. A shabbily dressed man stands at the door of one of the boxcars of the train. He calls out to him. And... Hey, Brownie! Come here! Come on, we're getting off. What for? Nothing here. Look down the bank. See them fires? Yeah. That's a jungle. That means food. Come on. Ah. You okay, kid? Yeah, yeah. Right, let's head down the bank. Wish we could hide the car. Ah, it's no good. I don't like riding freight. That's the best way to travel when you're hot, kid. 
Castle Pagan tried. There's a path, let's take it. I'm real hungry. We'll bump some grub, them fires. Okay, but... you two, come on down here. Yeah. Come on, come on, get down here. Joe, I got around. two more up here, Charlie. Bring them down. Okay, right up on there. All right, you two, get moving. Get down that line. Hey, look, what's this all about? You'll find out. Just do what you're told. You come on here for a bus call. Right with him. Okay, get on down the hill into the bus. Meanwhile, at a nearby FBI field office, Special Agent Jim Taylor has just entered the office of Agent in Charge Young. Uh, yes, Taylor. How to speak. I just got a call from police headquarters. Two hoodlums we've been looking for in town. Humphrey's had the file, but he's out sick, so you better take over. Now, uh, to save time, I'll give you the background. Two months ago, an I.O. came in on two men named Joe Medford and Pete Brown, alias Brown. What do they want to do? Impersonation. Went to the retail food stores back east, said that the federal scale inspectors wanted to pay off because the scales were off balance. Well, they didn't get much in any store, maybe fifteen or twenty dollars at the most. Shopkeepers who didn't pay were beaten up. All store owners here were alerted to ask for credentials if any federal inspector presented himself. Well, this morning Medford and Brown went into a grocery store over on the west side. The woman remembered our warning. When she asked to see their identification, they slugged her. They entered the cash register. How much do we have on this? Oh, enough. Descriptions, pictures, prints. Method a three-time loser with a record going back to 1930. Brown has two arrests and one conviction. Mm -hmm. Shall I go over and interview this woman from the grocery store? Why, the police did that at the hospital. They also investigated and learned that two men answering to their description off the northbound freight pulled out of here at noon. Huh? I'll wire ahead and have them taken off. Now, do that and notify me when you get in. <laughs> You'll find seats in the back of the bus. Get moving. Okay, okay. You can roll now. All right. There's seats, Joe. Yeah. We sure got crummy-looking company. Yeah. Find out what this is all about. Uh, hey, Pop. Yeah. yeah? What is it, boy? Look, what is this deal? Huh? Why'd the cops load us on this bus? Where are we going? Oh, oh. Up to Mount Rennick. What's Mount Rennick? Yes, uh, very noble and majestic mountain. Have to be wrecked with destruction by fire. Oh, that's fine. What's it got to do with us? Well, we're going to help to put the fire out. You, you mean this ain't a pinch? Oh, oh not at all. Well, then let's get off this. Hey, 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 wait a I, I don't think they'd be in favor of that, boy. Gee, they got a right to pick up anybody in the emergency. They've been holding up all day. Jungle, clubhouses, big rolls. They had a fire last year. They used a couple of thousand men. You, uh, you've done this before? Oh, every year. Getting so hard to look forward to it. Oh, those guys so happy. Why shouldn't they be? You get the chance to earn enough to buy a lot more wine. You, you mean you get paid for this? Oh. Yes, sir. Then you can check out Uncle Sam's wait for the long meeting. Hey, Oh, oh, that's a Hey, see you later. 
I just spoke to the chief of police. He told me about getting a request for help from the ranger station out of the park. What kind of help? Well, there's a fire that's out of control up on Mob Running. Oh, I see. But all the vagrants in that area were rounded up. Well, then there's a good chance that Matt Britton Brown were in that round. That's what I think. Let me try to get the park service on the phone. Right. We get an okay for you to go in. You can fly up there tonight. <laughs> Right up here. Uh, that means us, boys. Again, get on the bus your line or get off your line. <laughs> you'll get used to it. After a couple of weeks, you'll line up to sleep. <laughs> no, he's playing so yeah, Come on, boys, come on. Let's get in line. Come on. What's this for, Pop? Oh, everything. Oh, spell it out. Yeah. Draw equipment, get your assignment, that kind of stuff. Where are we supposed to sleep? We're uh, right, right over there. That, that old space there. This close to the fire? Oh, we're still a couple of miles away. Anyway, uh, get a soft job? Why, sure, boy. Tell, tell them you'd like to drop the butter into the mashed potatoes. <laughs> hey, uh, hey, you, you better split down your hair. For what? Well, you want your picture to come out good, don't you? Take it. Yeah. Take it at that line. What for? Uncle Sam. He's got to know who he's paying. They take your fingerprints, too. What do we do, Joe? Let him mug him first. Somebody must check him. Yeah, but by that time, we won't be. Pardon. I'm looking for District Ranger Stan Jones. That's him over by the window. Oh, thanks very much. You Stan Jones? That's right. I'm Jim Taylor, FBI. Howdy. Nice to know you. Same here, sir. I understand you're looking for a couple of men named Bill Medford and Pete Brown. Yeah, that's right. Are they here? No way annoying. I've gone through my files, and if they were brought in, they were registered under different names. But you think we might take a look around? Well, we've got a couple of thousand men spread over a ten-mile front. <laughs> You've got a better chance if you stay right here. Oh, how come? Well, we take everybody's picture for the payroll record. You can look them over as soon as they're developed. Well, when will that be? Oh, first ones ought to be along and say, oh, maybe ten minutes. Fine. I'll wait. He going with us? No. Pop. Pop. Yeah. Come on, wake up. Yeah, all right. <coughs> yeah. Is that work already? No, no, Pop. We're going over to here. Yeah? We're getting out of here. No. 
Well, have a nice trip. No, no, wait a minute. Yeah. We need some help. We've got to know where to hit. Look, you're kidding. You told us this afternoon that you knew this country, all the trails. That's right. I suppose you tell us what trail to take to get out. One of your rails. Boy, that could get me in trouble, boy. Pop, trouble with us would be tough. I was a friend. Well, I'm not working. Let's say this piece of paper here is a whole part. Yeah. Uh, no, we're down here. And uh, this here, this is that hill there for you. You, you go straight ahead and come to the trail. Can't miss it. Can't miss you got it. some more maps? Yeah. Go on. No. Well, uh, about a half mile, uh, about, uh, right about here. Uh, if you come to a fork in the trail, so you take, take the one to the left. left. That uh, winds up this way up here, up to the top of the mountain. How long will it take? Uh, what time is it now? Oh, about midnight. Oh. You get the summit for dawn. See, it's beautiful up there. Never saw such a view. Yeah, we ain't interested. What happens to me? Well, uh, you look, uh, you look down here. You look for a lake down on the other side, and what uh, did you head right toward it? And uh, just before you get there, you, you find some railroad tracks there. Which we don't through there in the morning. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Suppose you have to get some sleep. Yeah. Sure. Get luck. <laughs> We will return in just a moment to this exciting file which shows how your FBI helps protect the security of America. Now let's turn from present security to future hopes. What's in store for America in the 1950s? What do economists say? On the whole, it looks as if we are destined to enjoy the greatest peacetime prosperity in our country's history. By 1960, our annual national income will probably rise to $275 billion, $65 billion higher than it is today. Before they come to an end, the 1950s may well be known as the fortunate 50s. For times like that, times when alert-minded men and women find and make opportunities to forge ahead in their business or professional careers, the Equitable Life Assurance Society has created a special long-range life insurance plan. It is known as the Equitable Plan for men and women on the way up. Consider its three important advantages. First, as your salary goes up, your insurance can keep pace with it. When you get that better job or that big promotion comes your way, you can adjust your insurance to measure up to your increased income. Secondly, while you're waiting, your wife and children have the life insurance protection they need. This means that you have the peace of mind, the freedom from worry about your family that's essential to a man who wants to concentrate on getting ahead. Third advantage, the equitable plan is flexible at all times. It can expand or contract as you see fit and offers you many desirable options which your Equitable Society representative will be glad to explain to you. So why not get in touch with him right away? Phone him and ask for full details on the Equitable Plan for people on the way up. Or send a postcard care of this station to the Equitable Society. That's E-Q-U-I-T-A-B-L-E. The Equitable Life Assurance Society of the United States. And now back to the FBI file, The Fiery Fugitive.
Tonight's case illustrates a point which is applicable to many criminals. Once they have finished using someone, their impulse is to destroy that other person. Gratitude is a word in the dictionary so far as the hardened lawbreaker is concerned. A word which to him is like decency, honesty, courage, or friendship. In his peculiar, deformed mind, those words have no meaning. The only word the confirmed criminal knows that suggests a respectable emotion is mercy. And to the criminal, mercy is a one-way street. He expects that when he is apprehended, a soft-hearted judge or jury will apply it to him. If some of you feel that such a description is unnecessarily harsh, it is ample proof that your acquaintance with our criminal population in this country has been slight, has been, in fact, non-existent. The mind of the criminal is something apart. It does not resemble that of a law-abiding citizen, nor does it function in the same way. Of the millions of criminals now at large in the United States, it is safe to say that no two are exactly alike. However, it is even safer to say that all of them have one thing in common, one unwritten motto under which each of them operates. A motto which asks a simple question, a six-word question reading, Can I get away with it? Tonight's FBI file continues at the district ranger's office. Have you looked for those pictures yet, Jim? Oh, hi. No, Stan. Well, here's another batch. Oh, let's see. Oh, this one? Oh, he's an old wino. He's been up here on fires a couple of times. Uh, hey, well, here, Stan, this is Joe Medford. Let's see the back of that picture. Here you go. Mm-hmm. He did register under a fake name. Pete Brown's picture ought to be in the same point somewhere. According to these numbers, Medford's over on the West Slope. Yeah. Here's Brown's picture. Yeah, let's see that one. Uh-huh. Yep. They're both in the same crew. Oh? Have any trouble finding them? Well, let's see. It's a quarter past four now. Nope. Their ship doesn't go on for two hours. They're probably not awake yet. Oh, where are they sleeping? Here, look out Tower 7. Uh, pardon me again. Pacific Ranger Jones speaking. Wilson. Yes, Bill? Just found an old man. Well, better get him over to first aid. Joe Medford and Pete Brown? Oh, where are they now? Over the hill. They took off right after the old man from the map room. They're headed for Crystal Pass. Okay, thanks, Bill. I'll notify all towers. Yeah, we will. We will. <laughs> Getting pretty light. Yeah. Wonder if we're near the top. Old guy said we'd hit it at dawn. <laughs> dawn and old dawn, we may have trouble seeing that lake. Smoke is pretty heavy. <laughs> hey. What? This, this stuff we're walking on, this moss, feels wet. It is wet. Put some water under it, Joe. Let's dig this stuff away. <laughs> There's nothing under it. Nothing but dirt. <laughs> Come on, Chip. Let's keep climbing. Easy, boy. Sam. Yeah, Jim. Am I imagining this, or is this smoke getting thicker? 
It's thicker. I hope it's not too tough on the horses. They can stand it better than us. Something worries me more than smoke. Oh, what's that? The wind. <coughs> this could be shifting. If it does, we're in for trouble. Oh, how? Fire might jump the valley right under this hill. Oh? Maybe you'd rather turn around. Oh, hold it, hold it. What is it? Those blue jays. What about them? They're being disturbed by something. Huh? Hey, maybe Medford and Brown? Could be. Let's see that. South, southeast on my compass. Yeah, and mine too. Come on, Jim, let's take a look. Feeling we're off the trail. But it's still clear, Joe. No bushes and stuff. Yeah, I know. Wish we could see something through this smoke. So what about the map? <coughs> that does us no good. Think we should turn back? Oh, I can get nabbed. We could make out we got lost. Try it again tomorrow, maybe. Ah, oh, you're forgetting, kid. We tap that old guy out. Wrong <coughs> <coughs> oh, water. We need a lake. One by the railroad track. Come on. Here's the trail again, Tim. Let's get off and look around. All right. Hold up. Whoa, whoa. That wind shifted all right. Stan, you want to turn back? Yeah, we might have to soon. Come on, let's head up the trail. All right. Stan, where are the other groups by now? Well, we're working the gridiron pattern. Yeah? We're to the south side of it. All of us are working towards the center. Huh? Hold it, Jim. Oh, what do you got? Look at that moss there. Yeah. It's been all clawed up. Someone thought there was water underneath. Think it was that too, boy? Yep, I do. No animal would be that stupid. Hey, Stan. We have the binoculars, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah. What do you see? Something moved up there on that opposite slope. Yeah. Yeah, there they are. Here. Yeah, Take a look, Stan. Yeah, here. Uh, what can I line up with? Straight up past that big rock. The one with the white face there. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I see them. Jim, they're headed right up into the fire. Yeah, can we cut them off? I don't know, but let's try. <laughs> I can handle much more of this. Come on, stay with it. Huh? 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 We don't ship water soon. Wait, wait. Look up ahead. Fire there, too. Yeah, yeah. Joe, it's all around. I know. What do we do? We're stuck here, Joe. Hey, somebody called. Huh? Come on, Johnny. Oh, some guys there. Yeah. One of them's the ranger. Come on, Johnny. We'll get you out. You hear that, Joe? Yeah. Now, come on. Come on. Yeah, yeah. You make it, Jim. Yeah. All right, Jim. Come on. Now, follow us down the hill. But there's fire there. There's a burned-out patch through those flames. Now, come on. This is going to be awful close, Jim. Yeah. 
Look at that tree. The one on the right. Stop. Yeah, I think she's coming down. Look out. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Take it easy, Sam. Hmm? Hmm? Oh. Howdy, Jim. How about a little water? Yeah. Where am I? You're back at camp. Well, it's been a big blank someplace. Oh? What happened? Your head made contact with a rock. Oh? This was after we got past that falling tree. That's right. Then when we hit that burned out patch, why, you tripped. Uh, what about your two prisoners? They're in the local jail right now. And your job is over. That's right, Stan. I just stopped by here to thank you for all you've done. And I want you to know that I'm making a special request that my next assignment be a simple big city stick-up. Joe Medford and Pete Brown were tried in federal court and convicted of violating the statute which forbids impersonation of federal officers. Each was sentenced to a term of 15 years. The forest fire in tonight's case ultimately was extinguished, but only at a tremendous cost. The Park Service does a remarkable job fighting these fires, and the bravery exhibited in this evening's dramatization by District Ranger Jones was no exception to their general conduct, for courage is a vital ingredient in putting out this type of fire. Each year, similar blazes take many lives and destroy thousands upon thousands of acres of property. Those losses are tragic, truly tragic because they can so easily be avoided. Almost every big fire is started through the abject carelessness of a well-meaning but unthinking person. Many of you now listening to this program are planning spring or summer vacation trips, journeys which may find you traveling through one of this nation's great forests. If you are making any such plans, please remember a few simple rules. The most important are, first, please put out your cigarettes before throwing them away. And second, please extinguish campfires after they have served their purpose. Remember, too, that one moment's carelessness on your part might easily start a fire that would cost a hundred lives. And of that hundred, one might be your own. just a moment, we will tell you about next week's exciting FBI file. Now one last word on the Equitable Society's plan for men and women on the way up. It's a plan for the man who knows that the day will come when his friends will say to him, Hey, Jim, I just heard about your new job. Great going, boy. Congratulations. If you're that kind of man, then the sooner you get in touch with an Equitable Society representative, the better. Ask him for full information on the Equitable Society's life insurance plan for men and women on the way up. Or send a postcard care of this station to the Equitable Life Assurance Society. Next week, we will dramatize another case from the files of the Federal Bureau of Investigation. A dramatic expose of the activities of two expert swindlers. Its subject, the marriage racket. Its title, the honeymoon homicide. The incidents used in tonight's Equitable Life Assurance Society's broadcast are adapted from the files of the Federal Bureau of Investigation. However, all names used are fictitious. 
and any similarity thereof to the names of persons living or dead is accidental. Tonight, the music was composed and conducted by Frederick Steiner. The author was Jerry D. Lewis. Your narrator was William Woodson, and Special Agent Taylor was played by Stacey Harris. Others in the cast were Anthony Barrett, Walter Burke, Sam Edwards, Ed Gargan, Bill Johnstone, Stan Jones, and Rowan Withers. This is your FBI is a Jerry Devine production. This is Larry Keating speaking for the Equitable Life Assurance Society of the United States and the Equitable Society's representative in your community and inviting you to tune in again next week at the same time when the Equitable Life Assurance Society will bring you another thrilling transcribed story from the files of the Federal Bureau of Investigation. The Honeymoon Homicides on This Is Your FBI. The Adventures of Ozzie and Harriet, fun for the whole family, follows immediately over most of these ABC stations. Stay tuned. This is ABC, the American Broadcasting Company.